listening to Splash with Shalene Bryan. Get ready to be splashed with love and laughter to rehydrate your soul. Welcome to another episode of Splash. I'm Shalene Bryan here with my buddy Barbara Cameron. Hey, everyone. Ready to splash you with a little love, laughter, and encouragement to rehydrate they your soul. And our next guest, okay, so can excited. I just, hello. <laughs> I've known this man since he was eight years old. He's a young man. Yes. But he's he is. a man. And a right? handsome yes, man. <laughs> very handsome. Um, and he is like a nephew to me. Aww. His mom is my Nashville BFF. Mm-hmm. Most people listening are gonna know her immediately. He comes from a family that is just extremely creative. Yes, they are. And he steps right into that. He's so creative, <laughs> he's so talented. Yeah. His siblings, his mom, his dad, uh, all of them. I mean, they can play instruments, they can sing, they can dance, they can act, they can and write, and they're athletic, yes, so they're not geeks. That, right? Like uh-huh. they can also. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, it's amazing. So I wanted to introduce my nephew, not real nephew, but he's my nephew in heaven. Everybody, I'm telling you, he is Austin Robert Russell to the Woo-hoo! Splash Zone. Hey, Austin. Hey. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. You know, I have to tell everybody listening. You know, it's summertime and. Austin is with his family in one of my favorite places, Atlantis, Bahamas. So your view must be better than ours. Oh, it is absolutely beautiful. We are so blessed to be here. That it's is amazing. To get to come. It is so fun. It's a great tradition. My family buddy actually got to go on one of these I traditions. Yes. We had just finished filming Like Dandelion Dust mm-hmm. with Mira Sorvino and Barry Pepper. It was, again, a book of Karen's, uh, mm-hmm. Austin's mom, Karen Kingsbury, which is a number one New York Times bestselling author. And we had just finished the movie, and she said, hey, my family likes to go, you know, we go to this great place called Atlantis in the Bahamas. Bahamas. And I'm like, yeah, I've heard of it. It's a freaking fortune. You know, yeah, I've heard of it, especially back then, right? I'm like a broke producer trying to make it in Hollywood. She goes, we would love, I mean, this is how generous his family is. We would love to take your entire family. I think my my mm. daughter crawled from the back seat. She was probably like seven or eight at that time. Yes, yes, we'll go. <laughs> We'll go. And I'm like, hey, Cookie, we got to ask dad first. He'll want to go, mom. He'll want to go. Um, but it was just like one of those trips of a lifetime. Yeah. We still talk about it to this mm-hmm. day. But Austin now is an actor in his own right, an actor mm-hmm. in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But he's also like a Chris Pratt, very bold about his faith. And I think one of the things and one of the misconceptions sometimes, and I know I got this a lot when I was uh, still producing. And when you were an agent, I remember, mm-hmm. Barbara, you taking calls like, oh, you're a Christian agent. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, Shalene, you're a Christian producer. And Austin, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but you probably, oh, you're a Christian <laughs> actor. Right. Okay, there's no such thing. <laughs> there's no such thing as a Christian right. movie. Right. A, no, I'm a Christian who happens to make a movie. Right. You're a Christian who 100%. happens to be an agent. Right. It, it's like going to a brain surgeon going, oh, you're a Christian brain surgeon. <laughs> no, I'm a surgeon who's going to do brain surgery. <laughs> on you. That's what I'm going to do. But I love Jesus. So you know what I mean? And we're going to try and do a heart surgery there. Right. <laughs> or heart, right? That works too. But tell me a little it, bit. It seems to only be the arts that, right. uh, that get that title too. Like you said, no one says that about doctors or mechanics, right. you know. Right. Or even it's, Bryce, uh, it's like you're a Christian lawyer. Oh, <laughs> no one's ever said that to Bryce. No, my husband. No, not at all. But for you in Hollywood coming into the game, this is something that I know because I've gotten to have a backseat 
and you and I are, are very close in you sharing these dreams that I pray about for you and just Galatians 6, 9 over you that you don't grow weary mm-hmm. in doing what is right, but in due time, God will reap a harvest, you mm-hmm. know, and you're killing it. I mean, you did The Mighty Orphans. Yeah, it was the, the uh, 12 Mighty Orphans. It was a Sony movie with Martin Sheen, Robert Duvall. Right, Wilson, it was a huge it was hit. Yes. Amazing to get to work alongside those actors. Incredible. Right. Mm. But a lot of people, you know, buddy, so here his mom has over, you know, 25 million (laughs) books in print. And she's getting ready to do this movie called Someone Like You based on one of her best-selling books. And of course, Austin wants to read for it, but Mm. he can't read for it like everybody else. Right. (laughs) You know, he's walking in with an eyebrow raised. Right, 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 right. right, right. Oh, Oh, you're the son of... This is the son of I know, I used to... I would get that when I was an agent. It was like when I first started... They were like, oh, you're Kirk and Candace's mom. Oh, oh, oh so yeah. that's why so you have that's a business. Why. Yeah. Yeah. And you're so only making I had to money prove myself. two clients. I, I had mean, to prove But anyway, <laughs> as for you, Austin, not only do I know what a great actor you are, you had to prove it, mm. I think, more than anybody else in the room because this movie was based on his mom's book. Right. right. So, yeah, for those sure. things can get you in the door. It doesn't mean you close the deal. That's right. It doesn't. Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> and, it, and not only did I, I feel like I had to, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to to prove to everybody and to show them that I was willing to put in the work, that I was willing to right. go through the proper steps. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. looking for a handout. I wasn't looking for an easy way. Right. Uh, the second I heard that they were doing this movie, I, I was, you know, I prayed about it and I thought, you know, that'd be so cool to be a part of it, but I want to audition. I want to go through all the normal steps. I want to take the actual process of, you know, diving into the sides, doing my character development, all that stuff, and put the work in. And I'm so glad I did. Yeah, yeah, because the other movie and the other shows that you've done had nothing to do with your mom. You booked those way exactly. before this. Right. And so it's it's so cool that when you came into this audition, you came in with a resume. But I want to go back for a minute because God's hands, I don't think you know the story, buddy, and I know our listeners probably don't, but unless they read Karen's books, but Austin's story, he's like a miracle baby. Like he has a miracle story how God's hand has been on his life since a very young age. And I believe that it has really molded and created you into the man you are today. Will you share a little bit about when you were young, the adversity that you overcame? That's why for me, him being in Hollywood, Mm -hmm. it's nothing for this kid Mm -hmm. because of what God already prepared him for. Mm -hmm. So let's go back a little bit when you were little. What what happened? Yeah, please share that. It's so interesting. I was born with a heart condition to go way, way back. Um, That's right. And basically my aortic valve was pinched. And so long story short, I had to have open heart surgery. And uh, at three weeks old. Could which, you oh imagine? My goodness. You give never, birth to a baby. never what you want, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's super scary. I can't imagine being a parent and having to deal with that. Mm. Uh, I think the chances of survival were like 35% or 40%. Mm. I mean, mm. not looking good. And then the doctors, of course, were like, if he survives, this baby's going to be sick. He's going to be small. Um, he's going to be frail. <laughs> Boy, that's a lie that uh, from the enemy. <laughs> Exactly. Six, six, six feet eight. I'm, I'm a large. Are you six five? Six five. <laughs> I am six five. Yeah. So I'm a big. I'm a tall man. You know, I, I've I lift. I'm I'm in great shape. Praise God. But uh, but yeah. So I grew up playing sports. I absolutely love sports. My dad was a coach. Um, and like Chalene said, my mom was an author. And uh, I grew up playing sports. But all my older siblings did theater. 
And so I kind of grew up going to football games on Friday night and playing in them and then going to shows on Saturday night. And, and I loved theater, but I just never did it. I was always an athlete and uh, really just fell in love with, uh, with sports. And as I got closer to high school, I, I really fell in love with football. And so I was, uh, I was working really hard at that, really applying myself and uh, getting recruited by some, some top schools. And I was like, okay, God, this is definitely where you want me to be. You know, I was six, four and a half my freshman year in high school. So I was, I was, you know, the size to be an incredible football player. And I was putting in the work uh, off the field. And, you know, that showed with all these scholarships coming in. And so I thought, okay, God, this is where you want me. This is my dream. My dream is to be a football player. You know, this is the path you're taking me down clearly. And uh, going into my junior year in the spring ball, I went in for a normal yearly checkup like I would always do to get my physical because of my heart condition. And uh, this, this appointment just felt different. It felt different from the moment I stepped into the hospital. Um, you know, I, I just had this bad sense about mm. it. And sure enough, hours later after doing all the tests, you know, it's never a fun day going in and getting all these tests done, getting your blood drawn, all this stuff. And the doctor came in, I'll never forget it. He just said, Austin, you're done. You know, you're done playing oh. football. And um, I, I couldn't understand what he was saying. I, I remember I said, you mean I'm done with high school, but I can play in college? Like, mm. And he said, no, you're done forever. Like, you can't finish out the season. You can't finish out your high wow. school career. You can't play oh. in college. You know, you're done. You're not and, going to the uh, NFL mm. in that 6'5 exactly. body. You're not the doing NFL, that. NFL, that's, yeah. yeah, that's all 100% done. And... It was that, and then my other dream was to be in the military, and he was like, you can't do that either. Wow. So within a, a two-hour period, one doctor appointment later, I was absolutely crushed, and my quote-unquote, like my future, what I thought were my, my plans and dreams and all that mm -hmm. were just gone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I don't think I've ever cried like that. Mm. And I remember coming home, and my dad, like I said, he was a coach, so a lot of hours spent together him training me, and I... Right. I just collapsed in his arms. You know, it was like, a, I felt like a child. And it was such an emotional moment. And, you know, I remember being so mad at God. You know, that was the start of, of a two-year stretch where I just, I was so mad at God. I honestly at times hated God because I, I felt it was so cruel. I never, I never doubted that God existed. Because to me, creation is enough. You know, I look right. around. I just was like, he's up there and he doesn't care about me. So why should I care about him? You know? Oh, yeah, sure. And um, that's real. Yeah, I, I was just so mad. And I, I felt like it was so cruel for God to make me 6'5", make me athletic, you know, show me the doors of my dreams, give me the scholarship, all those things, and then just completely rip them away from me. Mm. Uh, it, that's how I saw it as a young kid. And so, you know... I, I just was so upset, so upset at God. And I like to think of myself as someone who, who enjoys, you know, a sunset, you know, the little things, who really tries to see the beauty in life. And I was just so empty, you know, so mm -hmm. frustrated. Um, and I just felt like I had no purpose. I felt like I was, you know, what am I supposed to do now? Right. And especially at that age, you know, sure. sports at that mm -hmm. age, you think are, are, are everything to you. Yeah, well, so, it becomes a lot of people's identity. Right. You're yeah, right. For sure. 100%. And I look back and it was, you know, it was football. And mm. then below that was God. And then below that was family. Mm. 
And that's not the order you want your life to be in. Right. But when I look back, that's the order it was in. Wow. And so I, uh, you know, I started this journey of just wrestling with what I'm going to do and still being frustrated at God. And, you know, I think as a kid, I had this image that maybe, you know, if I was mad enough at God, I could play football again. You know, I, I <laughs> just was holding that grudge and yeah. I, I felt like he took it from me. And, uh, you know, I remember one of my siblings saying, you should, you should take an acting class. You know, it'll give you something to do. It'll give you some place to belong. And I, at the time was just like, ah, oh, you know, I'm this, I'm this athlete. Uh, you know, I thought, I thought acting was amazing. I just didn't think it was my thing. And so I was like, I don't know. I just feel uncomfortable. And, uh, I ended up taking an acting class and that's kind of where I fell in love with it. Mm. Fell in love with acting and fell in love with at first the ability to process emotion. I think as a young man, especially as an athlete, you know, I think you, it's easy to push emotion down. And I love the arts because it was encouraging me to bring the emotion to the surface. And mm. so I loved that ability. And then when I went to college, I still didn't know what I was going to do. And I ended up taking a theater class and, and studying acting there and just absolutely fell in love with the, you know, with the challenge of acting. It was so much more than playing dress up, you know, right. the challenge of walking a mile in someone's shoes, whether they're a fictional character or not is, such an incredible challenge. And so I just absolutely fell in love with it. And thankfully God is patient. You know, he is mm. patient with his children. He loves his children. And, uh, I'm so grateful that, you know, it took about two years, but thankfully I finally realized, you know, being mad at God isn't bringing football back. <laughs> it's just right. not right. You know, it doesn't matter how much I sit there and I complain, or I think that my life is miserable. You know, first of all, you can always find someone that's going through something harder. It doesn't mean that our challenges aren't real. They are, but that's it's right. trying to keep that perspective of, of, of keeping your blessings at the surface, you know? And, uh, you know, I kind of, I was actually watching an I am second video. Um, and I don't really know why, because at the time I was not in a great place with, with, uh, the Lord, but I was watching an I am second video and Matthew eleven twenty eight was brought up. And I had mm. heard that verse a million times, a million times growing up in a beautiful Christian home with amazing, loving parents. You know, I had heard it a million times, but for some reason that night, it just spoke to me and, you know, come to Matt, me, all you who are weary right. and burdened mm -hmm. and I will give you rest. And that, that was for the mm -hmm. thing I was feeling. Mm -hmm. It was like, I'm, I'm burdened. I'm weary. I need rest. Like I, I need my yoke to be lighter, you know? And right. so, that verse really, really spoke to me. And from that point on, it, it started to, you know, I started to try to mend the relationship. And of course, it wasn't an overnight change by any means. Right. How old are you at this point? I would have been, mm, when you started I would have been feeling... probably from like 17 to 21, 18 to 20-ish, 21-ish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You felt God drawing you back to him. Yes, exactly. And so it was over that time that I was trying to mend the relationship. And, and I'm, again, I'm so grateful God is patient, right? Mm. So patient with his children. And, you know, he's always right there, no matter what we're going through, no matter how many steps away we take from him, no matter what we struggle with, he's right there with his arms reached out. And all we have to do is turn around and actually run to him. And he's, he's right there with open arms. And, my life is an example of that. You know, you don't have to 
there's always more. He he always has more planned for you, and he's he's there waiting for you. And I'm so glad he is. So glad he's patient. And I I tell people all the time, you know, looking back, I'm so grateful. My even though it hurt and there was pain involved, I'm so glad my story took that path because my relationship with God became my own. Right. It's mm-hmm. so easy for your relationship to be your parents or your pastors or your friends. Especially when you have great parents, you know yeah. what I mean? Exactly. I mean, you have godly exactly. parents, it's easy to try to maybe just come under their mm-hmm. reputation or their good name and never establish one of your own. You just get to kind of rub up against people who, you know, and your your parents get to rub up against a lot of godly people, artists and actors and authors and it'd be easy to go, "Oh, no, that's that's a Russell kid. No, those are those are solid kids." And you could have actually been forgotten almost. You could have been missing heaven by 18 inches. But like I was at, at that age between my head and my heart. It's like we were worshiping other things. There are people listening right now that are worshiping other things. Football mm-hmm. was an idol. Money was an idol for me when I was young, starting all these businesses. So I wanted to get out of my house, you know? So I want to be known as that, not known as the daughter of the king of the universe, you know? And actually, do I really want to know what God's plan is for my life? Well, look like, at all the influencers. Right. On social media. Everybody so wants to be an influencer. They all want to influence. what are you influencing? Well, and who are you influencing who, them right. to? Who are you and whose are you? Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. I, I mean, there's no joke about how good God is in his mm-hmm. love for you that your first big feature film would be you playing football mm. in, the, mm-hmm. in the 12 Mighty Orphans. Mm. I mean... When you got cast in that role, I, I literally had to chuckle because obviously I know Austin's story and was like, wow, God, mm. you are so good. <laughs> and I feel like even the military that you want to do, I know you're going to be starring in a big thing about that one day. <laughs> like I can just, in the name of right. Jesus, you know, yeah. throw that out there. But it's, God isn't finished with you. He isn't mm-hmm. finished with his story. And yet I'm reminded of that verse that says, and I put my name in the Bible all the time, Shalene, your ways are not my ways, mm-hmm. your Thoughts are not my thoughts, and says also, the Lord. Amen. And Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Yes, I know the plans I have for you. Yeah, they're to prosper you, not to harm you. Right. They're to give you a hope and a future. Amen. And you're living that out. Right. I mean, you're living that out in your life. And then now, there's no coincidence that the God of the universe, of all heaven and earth, would make your mom mm. a number one New York Times bestselling author. And I, haters are always going to hate about anything, Barbara. We know this, right? Oh, Kirk got yeah. growing pains. Oh, that's probably why his sister got Full House. Right. No, it's not. <laughs> you can't keep a show on the air for nine years and then Fuller House come right. back again 20 years later. No, that's God. And mm-hmm. quit giving the credit to the humans, okay? Mm-hmm. But here your mom is this author, and now we're in a day and age where you can get out movies. I mean, you can shoot movies on your phone now. I mean, the, the cameras are so good. And your mom's movies, Baxter series, are all being picked up. And why wouldn't you audition for that? You know what I'm saying? People go, oh, we probably got it because of this or that. It's kind of like I think of Prince William in London. Mm-hmm. King Charles now, mm-hmm. mom finally died, mm-hmm. right? God mm-hmm. rest the queen. Mm-hmm. And so he's now the king mm-hmm. and you know who's next in line. Is anyone upset about that? 
<laughs> is anyone upset about that? So it's kind of like you could not pick the family that you were born into. God actually did that. So why wouldn't, if it's the Cameron family, mm-hmm. if it's the Russell family, if it's the King of England. Right. So I feel like people need to be celebrating that, the goodness of who God's families are and how he brings them together. And why wouldn't you audition and go for all of it as far as you can. I mean, I think it's a beautiful thing. And I think it's awesome that your mom can write the way she does. And these books now that are literally life-changing fiction can actually come to life on a screen. And I want to move into that right now because someone like you, I got to get a sneak peek of it. They came to LA. They were doing a big screening with some of the big wigs, but they stayed with us. Mm -hmm. And so we had a movie night (laughs) and it was so good. I mean, the cinematography, the locations, they didn't spare any money. Mm -hmm. And again, this is a movie, I I would say, and you probably would say the same, don't you think people should read the book first? Yes. Before seeing it? Yes. I mean, definitely check out the book. And by the way, they did an incredible job honoring the book. So people who love the book are going to be excited and actually excited and happy to watch this movie, which isn't always the case. But definitely check out the book, someone like you. Yeah, um, for sure. Can, and for I'm going to sure. be giving a couple away to some of the listeners on the show. I have a few copies. And this is actually the cover before the cover of the movie. So the book's going to actually get the movie cover for it. I have the OG, the original mm. cover of someone <laughs> like you. So, you know, that's probably going to be worth more one day. But um, but tell me about, you know, you're growing up with books, you're seeing all this happening, and now mom opens a production company, mm. Karen Kingsbury Production, to actually keep the integrity of her books. Because we know how that can happen in right. Hollywood, right? right? Someone wants to buy your great book idea, they want to change everything, stuff gets left on the cutting room right. floor, or... It never gets made. And now your baby's a hostage somewhere. Right. And you're like, can I buy that back? Right. And so it's kind of cool <laughs> because Tyler, who's been on the, in the Splash Zone, mm-hmm. who's uh, Austin's brother, he directed this film. And not only has he now been offered tons of opportunities through this. People are like, uh, can you look at this? Can you look at that? I mean, Karen's got so many books. He's a little busy. But It's amazing to see when you don't bury your talents and God already brings the people around you. There's people, you're listening right now, Splash Family. There are people that God has placed around you right now. It might not be a mom or a dad. It might be a mentor, an aunt, an uncle, a coworker, someone in carpool, someone that your kid's soccer team's on, that God has placed around you right now for such a time as now that is going to elevate the work that he wants to do in you. And sometimes we can be throwing such a pity party, like you could have stayed into now, into your, you know, now that you're in your mid to late 20s, you could have stayed in that pity party place way back from high school. Yeah, yeah, that's me. I'm 6'5", and I never got the thing. I never got an opportunity. God took my health away. I can't now play football. I can't now, you know, because I have this heart thing. And, you know, God's like, no, 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 no. And I want to encourage people listening right now. I hope Austin's story is splashing you with a little encouragement to say, look up. Mm. That is where your hope's going to come from. Mm -hmm. And you were able to get out of that pit because I know you have praying parents, which those listening who are parents, get on your face because that's what we do for our children. But you also, you don't lose your salvation. I feel like God's grip was on you the whole time. He just didn't want football to be what you were worshiping. 100%. And I think that 
to go back to the parents thing or to the, whether it's like you said, whether it's a mentor or a friend and yeah. having those connections that God brings in their life, whether it's parents or not, uh, I think I had to look in the mirror and go, at a certain point, it's arrogant for me to deny what God is bringing in front of me. Let's it's go. arrogant for me to go, you know what? I'm going to make my own path. I'm going to go the hard way. I'm going to go. It doesn't mean don't work hard. It doesn't mean don't be prepared. Because like you said, at the beginning of this interview, I knew I had to give 150% because right. people were going to judge my performance harder than anyone's. No, just because so, of your name. You could Before you even exactly. walk in the room, right? It's harder, actually. 100%. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that I, I can just sit back and be like, oh, you know, I have nothing to do. No, you have to work hard and even harder. But don't be arrogant. God has placed mm. people in your lives to help push you forward in life in the direction that he wants you to go. And I think I had to look around and go there to see the people. And they happen to be family for me. That's you know? right. Amen. God gave you this platform now. And so as an actor, you're not only having to prove yourself in your acting ability, but also in your character. Mm. I mean, you're going to be among people who don't believe in God. That's right. And you're going to be put in situations where they're looking at you and wondering how you're going to handle certain things. And so you really have to know where you're at with your faith before you even jump into acting. That's right. Because you need to know where you draw the line. And so have you ever been in situations like that, Austin, where um, uh, it's been difficult? Because I know it has for Kirk and I know it has for Candace. Sure. Of course. I think that if, if as a Christian, if you're going to get into acting, it's, everyone's going to have that. If not, have that often where you have to come to a decision that might not be the easiest or, just, you know, a difficult choice or whatever. But I do think that is the importance of having those lines before you get there. I think that if you... If you set yourself up with with your lines and your boundaries and your between you and God, you know where you feel like uh, you're, the roles you're willing to do, the roles you're not. It's easier when you get into the room in front of people to stay true to your convictions. Um, mm. if, if you think you're going to create your convictions on the spot, and that's not just with acting, that could be you could be an accountant or a teacher or anything. And if you think you're going to create your your convictions on the spot. It's just probably not going to happen. Yeah, that's going to uh, crumble. That's going to crumble. Thing, same thing with hard work, right? If you think, oh, I'll, I'll work hard when I get the success or when I get the roles or when I get that promotion or when I get that job, it's just not going to happen. You have to put the work in before. It's the same thing with your faith. You know, you have to be doing the work work beforehand as well. Uh, and I think it really helps having people in your corner who mm -hmm. push you in a good way to stick to them. I think that surrounding yourself with a group of whether it's family or friends that are willing to keep you accountable. You know, the last thing I want it to come across is that I'm the person who never messes up or is perfect because that's not what Christianity is. I think oftentimes people look at us as Christians and they think, oh, those are the holier than thou people. Right. And I can't relate. And no, that's not me at all. I am so broken. We're, we're all so broken. That's the whole point of the gospel is we are so Amen. broken that we need a savior. We need the cross. We need Jesus. You know, I, I couldn't go a day without him. It's his breath in my lungs. And so mm. I think in high school, that's part of why I was so mad with my testimony and losing football is I thought, okay, God, I'm doing all the right things. I'm not out partying. I'm not out drinking. And I had friends who were, who were getting the scholarships and whatever. And I'm doing the right things, quote, unquote, and you still didn't give me this. That was the mentality I had. And I think right. a lot of Christians had that mentality. And when I went through that, like, you know, two years of kind of wrestling with him, I, I realized, you know, it's not about that. 
God gives us a, a list of things to follow, to honor him, and also for our lives, because it's what's best for us. It'll, it'll give you an, it's the easiest path possible in life. But it's not about being perfect. It's about running back to the Father mm. when you step away. And uh, I, I'm just, yeah, my, my faith is so much more my own now than it was, even though in a lot of ways, when I came back to God, I was a lot more flawed than I was. <laughs> it's my own. And, and, I, and I know my Father's voice now. Uh, yeah, you, you know, can, I, yeah. I know to trust him in, in all seasons. And it doesn't mean it's obviously easier said than done. I'm not perfect at it. We're all working at it every day. But part of the ways I have to trust him is trusting the roles that he brings my way. You know, trusting that he's going to put the right things in front of me. And uh, one of the things I like to do for acting is just a personal personal thing is I like to pray before every audition. So when I get an audition, I pray about it. God, show me if this is something you want me to be a part of. Yeah. Uh, when I when I submit it, I pray about it. I, I try to cover my auditions in prayer, and if it's wrong, take it away. And uh, not too long ago, I was in, you know I was top two for a big NBC pilot they were doing, and uh, I didn't get it. And I, I truly believe that it was just because it wasn't right for me. Mm. I truly believe that that after praying about it, that the material just wasn't where God wanted me to be. Mm. And so I think I try my best to live that way. Um, you know, as best I can, of course, we're all human beings. So. That's right. That's right. Years have been done. That's so funny you said that because remember, Betty, I don't know if you remember this or not, actually. It just hit me when he just mm-hmm. said that. When Blake was about seven, he had finished Jurassic Park 3, mm-hmm. and this was my son, Blake Bryan, when he was little. He got this role, Kevin Bacon, I think his wife was starring in it or something, but Kevin Bacon was directing it or something, and Blake went all the way to producers, and then he went to director. Network. Network, director mm-hmm. call. So it, it was for a feature, though. And so we show up, and Blake goes in. And, of course, he didn't know who Kevin Bacon was. I did, you know, hello, Footloose and all that. <laughs> and I prayed. I would pray, Austin, just like that. Like, Lord, if, if this is a project, because mm-hmm. they only give you people listening, the Splash family, if you're not an actor, they give you what's called sides. Mm-hmm. They don't give you a whole script. Right. It's usually a working title. You don't even know if that's going to be the title of the movie. Right. And so they give you these sides. It's basically a side of the script. They rip out a few pages and your agent sends them to you. So Barbara, you were Blake's agent. Mm-hmm. You send them to me. It was adorable, super adorable little mm-hmm. lines mm-hmm. for Blakey. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, Splash family. So we go all the way. <laughs> it ends <laughs> it ends up I take my seven or six-year-old boy to this audition. He has a blast meeting Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon's uh, people then call Barbara Cameron, the agency, and say, we want to put a pen in him. He is great. It films in New York. Mm-hmm. And I went, what? It films in New York. I got a husband in LA and a little daughter, Brooke. I said, I can't go off into New York. I'm like, what are you kidding me? And so I'm like, buddy, we can't take this. We can't take this. And and you said to me, which I'm so grateful that you were a godly agent, a woman who loved God, is you said, well, this is your decision. I mean, Blake's six years old. He doesn't have to do this movie Mm -hmm. in New York. Mm -hmm. And I think it was for five months. It was like long. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, good. And so we pass on it. And I was in tears. I kind of was a little sick to my stomach. And then we found out what the movie was about. That's right. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this wasn't really a good movie that I would want. I mean, I'm sure people liked the movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have want my son in the movie at all. 
not for a hot second. And encourage all your family and friends to Everybody, watch it. Everybody, <laughs> come out and watch it. Yeah, but isn't it amazing what a good God does, mm. how he will sometimes pivot us or take us away. But he wanted you to know something, Austin. And I think the confidence that it gave Blake to go on then and do mm-hmm. the rest of the stuff he did was, this isn't about your talent. It, it's about, I'm testing you. I'm preparing you for what I have planned. And so I don't want you to think your talent didn't book you this job. When you get down to going to callbacks and you go to producers and you're down to top two at networks, it comes down to things that have nothing to do with you. I mean, I've, I've, produced enough things and cast enough people in our own projects to know that, oh, that mom's sick. Okay. We got to go with a totally different ethnicity, maybe even then, oh, we got to change the kids out. You know, there's reasons that that happens that have nothing to do with your talent. And I feel like God was letting you know that it had nothing to do with your ability, but that this wasn't the project that he had for you because it, you don't sometimes know where they're right. going to go. You I don't mean, know. I've been watching shows lately that I like, mm-hmm. and then it gets into season three and four, and I'm like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. I loved this show. Like, it was a cute show to watch. Mm-hmm. And then yes. it just goes left, right, right. up, down, right. underwater, over a mountain. I mean, you can't even keep up with it. And for me and my house, we serve the Lord. So mm-hmm. it's something I have to go, ah. And so I turn it off because I don't, I'm not going to do that. It's right. my choice, right? right? Turn it off, then don't watch it. And you have to exactly. be able to walk away. You, you have, have to be able to walk, walk away, from, away from the money, the money, from the fame, yeah, everything. But like you said, Austin, which is so powerful at your young age, is that if you don't have your convictions in order right. before you go into the room Somebody where it happens, gonna... someone's going to make those convictions for you. That's right. Very quickly, yep. and they'll throw money fame, success, you will sell your soul to the devil because it's too attractive. Mm-hmm. It is so hot. But if you establish your convictions, because the Lord is the one who establishes our steps, right? So we're going to prepare ourselves. Then, we're going to plant roots by streams of running water. You're going to have a cabinet. Like my kids have a cabinet around them. They have a cabinet of people around them that they go to. You can maybe count them on one hand. You know, Barbara's on my kid's cabinet. And, you know, you have Mark and Michelle Hippler. You have Candace. You have Kirk and Chels were on Blake's mm-hmm. cabinet. And when there's things that come up, and then obviously mom and dad mm-hmm. and my sister, her, their mm-hmm. aunt and uncle. Mm-hmm. And when they had big things like this in life come up, they would come to us and go, what do you think we should do? I said, well, we're going to pray, but have you talked to your cabinet? Mm -hmm. And it's sort of what you were talking about. Go talk to people who are in God's word that have maybe gone before you a little bit Mm -hmm. that can also speak into it. But ultimately, when you learn to hear the voice of God, when you can get quiet enough to allow God to speak to you through his word, you will not have to be shaken about things mm-hmm. because when we know God's voice, we can then step and he will, his plans can't be thwarted. He will shut that door. Like Bryce couldn't get on the plane mm-hmm. and go to Africa That's with right. me the <laughs> night before the trip. If he doesn't want something to happen, it won't happen. Right. And it's so beautiful exactly. to know that our father loves us that much mm-hmm. that he would do that. And then what's cool about the projects and the, and the things that you guys are now producing and scripture writing and all of it, Austin, is that you know this content is solid. You also know it's worthy of people watching. And let me tell you something. This movie is so well shot and filmed and the location, the house is a mm-hmm. character all of itself on this lake. It's it's just gorgeous. I mean, there's jet skiing and there's romance and there, it's all of it, right? Mm-hmm. But it's something that you don't leave and have to wash yourself off. 
Right. I'm like, I'm trying to exactly. go, hey, can we have seven people come watch this tomorrow? I mean, it's so good. That's and great. I can't wait for everyone to see it and, and also to continue following you as God uses you for his glory. What are you looking forward to right now? What What's exciting for you right now that you feel God has been putting on your heart? That's a great question. Uh, I think for a lot of people in, in the industry right now, it's been a slower year with the strikes and sure and whatnot. And so I think... For me, it actually hasn't really always felt like work-related, but I, I do think that lately God is just reminding me to trust Him mm. and to trust His timing. I think as Christians and as human beings, it's very easy to go, I trust you, God. Okay, great. And maybe He opens the door and you're like, perfect, you want me down this path. And then the second the path gets foggy, you start to question and you doubt. You know, the Israelites did it when they left Egypt and, you know, send us back to Egypt. <laughs> and we do it in our lives where we go, okay, God, you want us to be in acting or you want us to be teachers or lawyers or doctors. And then the second something starts to not seem right on our plans, we question, we go, where are you, God? Are you in this? And I think that mm. I'm in a season where God is reminding me that it's not about acting. Hmm. And it's not about what we do. You know, we're, we are here on earth to love people and right. to, to spread the good news and to be a light and an example. And I think our, our, culture and our society has got a lot of judgment. I think that Christians are quick to judge each other online. I think that, you know, mm -hmm. people are just judging Truth. people and, yeah. and, uh, it's, it's sad because we're all just trying to make it through life, you know, day at a time. And our society is so self-centered, so focused on our phones, so focused on each other that we don't, we don't look up. We don't see the hurt people around us. And I think as Christians, that's what we should be doing. We should truly be seeing people. Part of the reason I love being on set is I, I feel like I always say one of the first places Jesus would go, I think if he came back today, it would be a, a film set because there's so many different types totally. of people, so many yeah. hurting people, yeah. so many people who are searching and, and deep thinkers. And I, I love getting to talk to them, getting to hear their stories. And, you know, we're all so uniquely made and mm. we're all loved by a heavenly father. And just some people just don't know that. I think God is just reminding me in the season that it's not about acting, no matter where he takes me. I love acting. I hope I can do it for the rest of my life, but it's not about that. Just like it wasn't about football or if you're listening, it might not be about whatever occupation you do. Mm. It's about loving others. It's about shining for him. It's about being a light and being an example best we can. And also knowing full well, hey, we're not perfect. We also need to run back to our group, run back to the father, you know, ask for forgiveness and Let's all be a little bit easier on each other. We're all just trying to make it through the day. And I think if we just focused on that as people, especially as Christians, just focused on, on loving people and, and being there and, and serving that, you know, God will kind of handle the rest. And so it's obviously easier said than done, but I think that's what he's trying to teach me right now is just to be patient, mm -hmm. trust his process, trust his timing, and trust that he'll, he'll guide my path. You know, right. the Bible doesn't right. say that he's going to shed a floodlight a mile ahead, you know, it's just, it's, he's going to show you your, your, your steps. That's and right. so trying to, to really actually trust that and, and be patient, you know. Mm. Thank you so much, first of all, for just mm. even joining us in the Splash Zone and just reminding us that, you know, God is God and we're not. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And so he will light up, even if it's just the step we take next by faith, right? Mm-hmm. And we're okay in just taking that one step. It's all right. We don't need right. the map. God already has it for us. And that is just such a beautiful reminder. Where can our Splash family find you, Austin? I want to stay in touch with you, follow the movies, the things you're doing. Where's the best place to find you? Yes. If you uh, if you want to find me, I... For the most part, I try to stay on social media. It's just too much for me, but I do Instagram. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Austin Robert Russell, just my name. And that's the only social media I do right now. And so, yeah, that's the best place to to find me, to keep in touch. Uh, A lot of people will post their professionally edited photos. I do some of those as well, but I also just try to document my life and keep it simple and try to just kind of uh, share my journey. So I love That's it. Awesome. And you know, I didn't get to shout about this, but this was remarkable. I mean, he did a complete transformation for this movie. I mean, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, all of it. He completely transformed his body. It's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable inspiration. Oh, wow. And here's what's great is we all want greatness, but we don't want to do what it takes to to be great, right? right? And so he did that. He prepared his field for rain, not even knowing that this movie was going to be made a year ago, right? Mm -hmm. He starts just preparing his field for rain and God made it rain. And I can only imagine what's going to come now. And I think one of the things too I love about Austin is one of his favorite verses is Isaiah 6, 8. Mm -hmm. He says, then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? Mm -hmm. I said, here I am, send me. Mm -hmm. You are such a beautiful example of trying to live that out because you're right, we suck and need a savior. We don't need to be a fruit inspector on everybody around us. Look in the mirror, get on the scale, weigh in and fix your eyes on things to come, not on earthly things. Thank you, Austin, Thank so you much. So this was much. so encouraging. I'm yeah. so proud of you. And I can't wait to sit in the big movie theater and watch this with popcorn or maybe some beef jerky, huh, buddy? <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're I know. Not doing popcorn Barbara's in. all carnivore. <laughs> I can't wait to share that. We love you. We love you, Splash family. And also, let's do what Austin did. Let's look up and find people that we could love uh, today around mm-hmm. us. Splash a little love on your neighbor today. Yeah. Thanks for listening, family. Thanks for joining us today. Come splash with us at shaleenbryan.com.